Wow. A lot of fun, isn't it? Who's having fun? Come on. I like what Ruth said about community. In unity with, what was com again? With. So we're in unity, 100% unity with the Father. In unity with him. We have fellowship one with the other as we walk in the light with him. And then we get resourced and empowered to go out into the community and share that light and love with others. We become the good news. We become the ones that are there to make a difference. I don't think it's a mistake that, or, or just happened by chance that when we go out into the community, suddenly there's an explosion of the number of people that come along to the Easter egg hunt. I think that's a, a sign to us that God wants us to live in community with the people around us. Not to be led by them and to be weak and washy and like go with them on their downward pathway and get into the things they're doing, but be, be there to build relationship with them and to make a difference in their lives, to be strong in the Lord. And that comes from being in unity with the Father and walking with Him and then going out and being the light in the community. There is a river, a river of God that flows forth from us because the wider it's up, the Holy Spirit of God, the very presence of God lives within us. And the word says we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. And there's a needy community out there. And I'm excited about going out when we leave this place. Not when we do the Easter egg hunt next year, but I mean right now. When we leave this place, we go out and we make a difference, eh? It's exciting. Father, we just thank you for your love, for your word. We just pray that you'd lead by your spirit, that you'd touch the hearts and lives of every one of us here in this place and transform us more into the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you take us from one degree of glory to another. We thank you that your word is living, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit living within us. Father, we want to just do your will today and every day of the week as we walk with you. Thank you, Father. Wow. Making disciples and growing in God is our theme. How are you going with that? That's why we're left here. Otherwise, we'd be in heaven now if there was no need for us to be on this planet. Making disciples and growing in God. I'm just, I just want to remind you of that. The very reason why we exist here. Praise God. Well, today's message. I want to ask you, have you ever experienced a setback in life? Bit of a silly question, isn't it? You're looking at me sideways there, thinking, well, come on, get real. What about in your family? Yesterday, I was with some people in the community, a lady and a brother in the Lord, an old brother in the Lord had, uh, had passed to be with Christ and went to be with the Lord about 8 o'clock yesterday morning. And I got a call because his daughter was in Wellington and and her partner was in Wellington. So we went to the house, and there was this old uh, brother. His sister was with, with him there at the bedside. Ruth and I went in, and we prayed with them. The body was there in the bed. And just a great, just a great big um, setback, really, for the family. Not a setback for him, because he was departed, and he was with Christ in a far better place. But the wonderful thing for us, it was very encouraging as we went along to after them to encourage them, to build them up. As we went along in the home there, 
the wonderful thing was to see that the sister of this guy loved the Lord, and we prayed with her, she prayed. Just wonderful prayer, and the word came out, and you could just see that she knew the word and loved the Lord. Sometimes we have a setback in our families. Sometimes we have a setback. What about in your personal life? Have you ever had a setback in your personal life? Yeah? I've had some uh, big setbacks in my personal life sometimes. Uh, sometimes some big hurts. Sometimes we're, we're standing in a place where we're vulnerable. And maybe not a place where the Lord designed us to be or desires us to be. Because he wants us to be... God desired that we're standing on the rock and standing always in Christ. But sometimes when we're not standing in the right place, sometimes we get really hurt. Sometimes some things that people say to us might be hurtful. And that's, that to me is a sign, well, hang on a minute, Paul. Why did you take that so hard? Where are you standing? <laughs> Some, I recognize that sometimes the things that I say sometimes have hurt other people who are close to me. I know, you, I know you'd find that hard to believe, Carrie. Look at that. She's delightful. No. There's a woman of faith right there. She doesn't believe that could ever happen. Well, I'm just fronting up with your sister. What about in your, we, in your physical life? What about with your health? Sometimes we get a setback in our health. When I was 17 years old and I hit a car head on with a motorbike, I had a setback in my house. And it affected my life for a couple of years or more there. Or maybe much longer. It took a long time to get over it, but maybe you've got a setback in your house. Sometimes that happens. What about in a relationship with your loved ones? Maybe there's a setback. Sometimes there's soul ties that people get into that are not designed by God. God designs that we come together in marriage. That intimacy is res res reserved and saved for marriage. So that children are brought forth into a loving relationship where they're nurtured and loved. But sometimes we move outside of that People in the community will move outside of that, or sometimes we have moved outside of that, and suddenly there are deep soul ties and, and great renderings and, and wrenchings deep within our heart and great wounds, and there's a great setback. And sometimes those things are very painful, and there's brokenness within. What about in your finances? We've, expect, we've probably all experienced setbacks in our finances. What about in your relationship with God? Sometimes. When we pray, what, have you ever prayed and felt God wasn't listening to you? He doesn't hear your prayers. And you're wishing He would answer you straight away. And that He'd do it audibly so that you could connect with Him on the plane that we live in with the five natural senses, you know? Sight and hearing and touching and tasting and What's the other one? Smell. I don't know when I last desired to smell God, but sometimes we want to bring him down to where we are. And we just think, uh, 
we want him to go along with our agenda. We don't want to go along with his agenda. God wants to lift us up to another plane to dwell on. Doesn't it make you worry sometimes when there seems to be that silence and you just wonder, where is God? Does he even exist? I want to tell you this morning that your setback in life, no matter what it is, is not God setting you aside. I want to tell you that your setback in life is not God putting you down, putting you aside, putting you down. Your setback in life is God setting you up sorry, for a comeback. Your setback is God setting you up for a comeback. And that's what I've titled the message this morning. Your setback is a setup for your comeback. Perhaps we should all say that this morning, just so we can cement it in there a little bit. My setback is a setup for my comeback. My setback, come on now, is my setup for my comeback. That's right. That's good. Now we can sort of just go and approach life and just think a little bit differently because the Bible does say that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his perfect purpose. There was a quote I read, and it says, Winners never suffer defeat, but rather just many setbacks on their way to victory. Yeah? Come on, that's a good quote right there. And if we uh, just look behind us here, you'll see John 16, verse 33. I'm walking by faith now, I presume it's there. In this world, it says, Jesus said, you will have trouble or setbacks. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And in James 1, verse 2 to 4, it says, My brethren, James says, count it all joy. Who gets excited when they have a setback? <laughs> count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Not just one trial in life, but all different ones from different angles. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when we think that a setback is there to take away from us, it's actually not. It's there to bless us. Isn't that awesome? I think that's wonderful. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible is full of people that had huge setbacks in life. Think of Moses. You know, he was brought up in Egypt. That was a miracle in itself to start with. Then he became 40 years old and obviously was well trained up, very important, very prominent in Egypt. And then, he, uh, then things didn't go the way he thought they would go. He tried to take over things and, and work out God's will and God's plan. He knew he'd been called with a purpose in his life, but he tried to work it out his way and suddenly he kills a man and suddenly he's on the run. He's on the run and... Uh, he goes out for 40 years into the back side of the desert looking after sheep. And uh, he's, he's out in obscurity. What a change. So 40 years in Egypt and he's out, out 40 years in the wilderness looking after is it Jethro, his father-in-law's sheep. He gets married out there. But then he comes back to Egypt to lead the Israelites out to the border of the promised land. What a, what a tremendous job he had. What a tremendous comeback in his life. 
couple of million people or more, leading them out through for 40 years right to the border of Canaan. And he was 120 years old, and he said his natural strength, strength then wasn't, uh, it hadn't, hadn't dimmed at all at 120. That's pretty cool. A very mighty man. If Moses made a comeback, you can make a comeback in your life. Yes? What about Joseph, the favorite son of his father? Sold by his brothers. Remember Joseph, the one with the coat of many colors? Sold by his brothers into Egypt, accused of attempted rape, thrown into prison for 14 years. His Psalms tells us that his feet were hurt and the irons that were around his feet. You can imagine gaping wounds and septic sores and he's there. Suddenly he comes out of prison and he's prime minister of Egypt. And then he meets the need of his whole family. Wow, if Joseph made a comeback, you can too. You can too. Those dreams that you once had in your heart. Even when you're a child, God can see them fulfilled in your life today. God has called you with a purpose and has a mighty plan for you. What about David? King David. He was God's choice. Saul, who was the first king in Israel, was the people's choice. He was a man that was head and shoulders above everyone else, and obviously the people wanted a big man. David, on the other hand, was God's choice. And he was the youngest son out of eight. He was the eighth son of Jesse. And yet God had Samuel anoint him king. A lot of the Psalms are written by David. But David, as he was king, he, he fell into lust. He fell into adultery and murder. And, and yet he came back to be a great leader in Israel. He repented of his sin. He confessed his sin. And he was restored to fellowship with God. And uh, at the end of his life, we read that he, it's said of him that he, he, he was a man after God's own heart. And I, I've taken a lot of encouragement from that. Whenever we have a setback, you know, David could have been put down, or, 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 or not put down as in put down, but set aside by God from being king. We don't put people down. Uh, he could have been set aside from being king. But no, even when he fell, he was still king of Israel, and he was restored. And so as we go through life and as we journey with the Lord and, and with our God, we know that even when we have a setback, God is going to use that to set us up for our comeback. And we're going to come back. We're going to come back strong. Theodore Roosevelt, a president just uh, in the early 19th century in uh, America, United States of America, said, I have never in my life envied a human being who led an easy life. Don't be envious of those people. What else did he say? I have envied a great many people who led difficult lives and led them well. Your setbacks are a setup for your comeback. Your setbacks are a setup for your comeback. I don't know what you're going through right now. There's a, there's a lot of people here, a lot of different walks in life, mixing with a lot of different people in the community, a lot of different families represented. I don't know what it is you're going through, but I know that God wants you to know that your setup is Him setting you up for your comeback. Your setback, sorry, is him setting you up for your comeback. Amen? Amen. 
If you elect God, He will use your failure as fuel for your future. In, in, in fact, your future is actually wrapped up in how you respond to your failure. You know, you could get disheartened, and sometimes we have big setbacks, and, and you do. I've actually at times felt like lead within. Heavy. Sometimes we can respond in the wrong way initially. But just think about your response. How you respond to your failures is really much, really going to um, result in how you come back and how, you, how it's turned for blessing in your life. Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16 says, For a, a, a just man falls seven times and rises up again. Wow. So we don't need to get down in the dumps if something goes wrong in life. Perhaps we experience a setback in our health, in our relationships, in our family. Perhaps we even lose a loved one. That's hard. There's no, there's no two ways about it. It's, it's hard. There's some painful things that we have in life. Setbacks can be very, very hard in life. But we will rise up again. We will become stronger as we walk with our God and draw unlimited resources from our relationship, from our communion, walking in unity with the Heavenly Father, we will resu the result will be we will be stronger. In Malachi 7 and 8, it says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, when I fall. I shall rise. When I fall, I shall rise. Yes, we're going to rise up as the church. God is raising us up. He's sending us out. Yeah, we might have some setbacks. Maybe it has been 10 years that we've been meeting here at the centre this year. We have impacted our community over those 10 years. We have impacted a great many people's lives. We still have a vision of thousands of people gathered to the Lord and singing His praises. And we'll one day see that happen. One day soon, our setbacks is God setting us up for a comeback. I was encouraged by what Kerry shared there with the prophecy there this morning. Awesome, Kerry. Thanks for the encouragement. The three important things that we need, though, and, 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 and as we journey through life, that I want to bring before you. The first one is God's presence. is so important, the anointing of God on our life. Jesus went back to glory to send the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, stay here or tarry here in Jerusalem until you be clothed with power from on high. And that dunamis, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, not only coming upon us, but clothing us with the gifts of the Spirit for the work of the ministry. God's presence is so important that we do not go along through, through life without His presence. His presence is always there, by the way. But am I always aware of His presence? Am I always sensitive to the presence of God as I walk through life? Am I walking in communion with Him day by day? It is so important. And Isaiah 61 verse 3 says that when we do that, it's basically a saying that God gives us beauty for ashes. He gives us the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we should be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that He might be glorified. And His glory by His Spirit, 
The glory of God dwells within us. We are the church. We are the temple of the living God. We are the abode of our Father. We're made in His image, and He has a purpose for our lives. So God's presence is important. But number two, God's plan is important. His plan for our lives. In Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, it says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. We know that verse well, don't we? They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Proverbs 16 and verse 9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We might have in our Swede, sorry, in our Swede, what we want to do and the way we think it should be, but God will direct our steps. Many, many times in life things turn out not the way I thought they would turn out, but God had a different plan. And we learn to trust him. He is worthy of trust. He's worthy of praise, but he's, he's worthy of our trust and our faith. He's a faithful God. So here's God's presence, God's plans, and thirdly, God's promises are so important. Matthew 6 and verse 33, it says, But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't try and be righteous yourself, but seek his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The Bible speaks about the gift of God's righteousness, but God's promises to us in Christ are just huge. If you go through the word of God and all the resources of God that he has given us in Christ are huge. The way in which God has set us up in Christ and raised us up and seated us in heavenly places. And he wanted to do that. And the way God chose us in Christ from before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. And so often we think it's all about our will and what we want, but I'm, I'm, I get excited as I walk with God to find out what he wants rather than what I want. It's far better. Far better. Greater plans. Greater presence than just living with myself. Because I would be, without God, a very self-centered person. Not very reluctant to give, naturally. But his presence brings a, brings, brings a huge change. His plans make a difference. His promises that we read in his word make a difference. God has great plans for you, my friend. You might be, have setbacks that you're going through even now, and there's no doubt you will. It's normal. It's just normal life. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. Hey, wake up, smell the coffee. You know, there's going to be trials. It's going to get a bit rocky. But don't worry, be happy. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You're going to be all right. Your setbacks are a setup for your comebacks. Your setbacks are a setup for your comebacks. Bethany Hamilton, I don't know if we've got a picture there of her. Look at that. You know what happened to her? She lost her arm to a tiger shark just off Hawaii when she was surfing. She loved to surf. Young Christian girl. And uh, that was in 2003. But despite her disability, she went on to become a pro professional surfer in 2007, ranking among the top women surfers. Can you imagine that? Going out there and getting your arm chewed off by a, a shark. And then uh, having to get over that, just the physical setback of losing your arm in your life would be huge, huge to go through. But not only did she come back from that, 
she went on to surf and get out there and ride those waves with one arm. Can you imagine how difficult it would be competing against others with one arm? It would be a little bit easy with two, wouldn't it? We, we can't really even imagine what it is to just get around doing stuff day by day with only one arm. But she made a major comeback. She stuck with it and she was determined. And I just wonder, are you sticking with God in your walk with him like that? Do you recognize that your setbacks are a setup for your comeback this morning? You'd be amazed what God can do through your life. You'd be amazed what he's actually got planned for you. If you just walk with him, if you just trust in him. We, you know, we sing songs at the beginning like putting our lives on the altar and you're thinking there, what does that mean? Am I going to get burnt or something? You know? It's like, yeah, but if you do, and it's no longer about you and it's all about him, you'll be amazed about the freedom, the life, the liberty, the power and the glory that just permeates your whole life. Just what you enjoy. The blessing that flows. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed what God could do with one life that is just given over to him. And if you walk in communion with God and you draw from those unlimited eternal resources, you'd be amazed. I know he, when you were younger, you probably had dreams and things you wanted to do when you grew up. But so often the setbacks we have in life rob us of those dreams. And God wants us to dream again, but to dream not selfish dreams. He wants us to dream with him. And he's got great things for us as a church. He's got great things for us as individuals because he's going to turn your setbacks into comebacks. Now in closing, I can't talk about a comeback without talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. When he went to the cross and his blood was shed, when he was, when he was rejected and despised, he came from the glory. He wasn't of the earth earthy like Adam was. The Bible tells us the second man was the Lord from heaven, a different order of man. The first man was of the earth earthy. This man was the Lord from heaven. Sent by his father. He even said the father loves the son. And committed everything into his hands. His relationship with, just, with his father was just one of total unity. And then God so loved the world that he gave his son. And you know the, the, the stories in the New Testament and the king that Last of all, he sent his son and he thought they'd look after his son and listen to him after they'd killed the servants. But no, God sent the creator of the universe came in the person of Jesus and man rejected him and despised him and threw him outside Jerusalem, the city of God, and nailed him to a cross of wood and he bled there and died for our sin, our selfishness. Because one thing that God hates is selfishness where life is all about me and what I think. And that's why, why God sets us up here as part of a body, the church, which is his body. It's a selfless body. It's a body that wants to lay down its life for others. And Jesus bled and died on the cross, but it didn't end there. He even said to the, he said to the disciples, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And he did it in a way that seemed to be very, very weak. Isaiah said of him, when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's just a normal person. 
It was like the tabernacle in the wilderness and the badger skins that were on the outside. You couldn't see the blue and the purple and the fine linen that was on the inside of the tabernacle, but the badger skins, just those dull skins were on the outside. And the whole tabernacle in the wilderness for the children of Israel spoke of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ. But when you walk in union with him and communion with our Lord day by day, when he dwells in us and we abide in him, we come to see that Jesus made the greatest sacrifice of all. His love is real. He went to the cross for us. There's nothing he would have held back, but he made a great comeback. He rose again the third day. God raised him up as well as he raised himself up. Both is true. Which is it? It's both and. A lot of the time in life, it's both and. It's not one or the other. Jesus said, I have power to lay down my life. I have power to take it again. This commandment I've received of my father's. And then it also says how that God raised them up again. And the reason why God did that was because, because they were in total unity. But the reason he did that is because he had fully paid for every bit of selfishness you'll ever experience in your life. And you're totally set free the, this morning in Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. He's paid for all those sins. And if you don't know him, you can receive him into your heart and into your life. Because ultimately we're born selfish people. And that's one thing that God's hate is selfishness because God is not selfish. Love is not selfish. Love believes all things, hopes all things, doesn't think any evil about someone else, rejoices in the truth, and, and, and the very essence of God is He is love. He's selfless. And that's why He has such an issue with selfishness. But everyone born on this planet through Adam from the earth ultimately it born selfish. But that can change today as we receive Jesus, as we walk with the Lord, as we recognize He not only died for me, He rose for me, and God received Him back into the glory, and with Him He's taken me into that holy place because He wants me in His family, and I can rejoice in my risen, glorious Lord today. And you can too. If you don't know Him, you can receive Him today. I think God's speaking to us today. He wants you to know that even though you've had many, many, many setbacks in life, He didn't design that it would actually take you out, but that it would set you up for your comeback. And you can have a real comeback like Jesus had. You can have a real comeback like David, like Moses, like Joseph, like Bethany Hamilton, like many other people. You can have a real comeback today by making Jesus Lord of your life, by walking by faith, by inquiring after His Word, by, by realizing and recognizing the presence of God, the pl God's plan is important, His presence is important, and His promises are important for you today. So let's just bow our heads. I'm just going to pray for you. And if you want to receive Jesus, I suggest we can talk more about that. You can come forward after the service today. But I just want to pray that God would just cement this word and just minister it to your heart right now. What is God saying to you about your setbacks in life? I believe He's got a glorious future for you. I believe you're going to come back from all those trials and you're going to get stronger. And you're going to be a stronger and a better person for it. And you're going to be more effective in your witness today. You're going to be more effective at making disciples, at growing in God as you recognize that your setbacks are a setup. Your comebacks. And Father, we just 
lift this message to you and lift the congregation to you. And Father, just thank you that it's your word and by your spirit you can just minister to your word to each one of our hearts. Thank you that you are a faithful God. Even though we fail, you never fail. You are our rock and you are our fortress. You are our dwelling place. We thank you for what it says in the Psalms that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We love that place of favor and blessing under your shadow. You are Almighty God. We love to worship you. We love to be set free from self and just worship in your presence as we've done this morning. So Father, we just commit our lives to you again today. We want you to take us and use us and grow us. And we just declare again today, Father, in your presence that our setbacks in life are a setup for our comebacks. And that you'll use the trials of faith that we go through to uh, strengthen us and to bless us. And even though we don't see it now with our natural eyes, the effects of it, over time, we just know by faith that you're growing us and setting us up for great things. As a church, as individuals in our families, Father, you are blessing us as people of this community to be a blessing to others. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let him be exalted, O God, in our lives we pray. For his glory, amen. Be encouraged today. Your setbacks are a setup for your comebacks.